welcome to the Manifest Your Career podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Norma Reyes, a Latina career and life coach. With this podcast, I help successful women learn how to combine their intuition and logic so that they can manifest their dream career. By listening to my podcast, you'll learn how to go from feeling stuck and lost on what to do next to having the clarity, motivation, and strategies to manifest the career of your dreams. Each episode, I'll teach you the skills, strategies, and mindset you need, girl, to get in alignment with your career goals. Now let's go ahead and get started. Hey guys, welcome back. This is episode 27, and today's special guest that I have is Alma Angel, and she is the author of the book called Skilled, Why Customer Service is More Than Just a First Job. And I highly recommend you guys pick up a copy, especially if you've been feeling a little stuck or just needing to have a little bit more meaty understanding of your resume. Definitely check it out. So Alma has over 10 years of customer service experience. She has an associates in business and a BS in finance and an MBA in business administration. So she knows what she's talking about. She's a first gen Latina, the first in her family to pursue a college degree. So she's no stranger to hard work and perseverance and also knowing the importance of soft skills and that's why i'm telling you guys this book is really good to really help us be able to know that our soft skills matter when we enter the job field because a lot of our first jobs as latinos latinas is in customer service and we learn a lot through those jobs so super important and i can't wait for you guys to hear her career journey so here we go guys thank you for joining us now tell us about your family background where did you grow up and who did you live with i grew up with my parents in san francisco bay area my parents came from mexico it was just uh, me and my sister my two parents but my parents come from really big families so the whole being close to your family, always having family events was a big thing growing up. I remember people always being at my house, barbecue, birthday parties. And since I was little, people telling me like at these parties, like just stay, stay in school. Like I know we're having fun, but like, you know, everyone was always like, you guys are going to do go farther, go farther. But it was always a lot of fun being around my family. And it was like never this, or at least I never knew there was something hanging over us. I think it was later on a few years ago that my dad told me that my mom was getting food stamps to kind of supplement our income when I was really little, but I never knew that we were in that situation. So I have to thank my parents for always working hard to like make sure me and my sister knew that we didn't have anything to worry about, even though we probably did, but they didn't want us to stress and worry about it. Yeah, to grow up in a nice loving home, that really makes a big difference. I definitely had food stamps growing up and I knew about it, but it wasn't like something we were ashamed about. It was just like, you know, my parents did it. They worked hard and, you know, weren't making enough. And fortunately, we had food stamps, had that to rely and then eventually got off food stamps. 
So, you know, and that's sometimes something that people don't aspire to, to get off of food stamps because they're afraid of losing that benefit, which is kind of like that whole, well, I don't want to make more money because I have to pay more taxes mentality, but in reverse. So I know that as myself speaking as a business owner, sometimes you can think like that, but that's like that whole limited mindset and scarcity mindset of like, well, if I make more then I have to pay more taxes, like thinking of the opposite versus like, yeah, I want to make more, do more with more. Anyway, I'm taking us on a whole other tangent. No, but I totally get it. <laughs> yeah. Now you kind of talked a little bit about this already. They were really encouraging you guys, but when you were young and people asked you what you wanted to do when you grew up, what do you remember telling them? I don't remember when I was little. I do remember in high school, I would say I wanted to be an architect. I have no idea how I got that idea in my mind, to be honest. There were just people were talking about the guy, I want to build a house. And like, oh, I want to learn how to like design it and draw it. So I graduated high school kept saying that I went to my community college took a couple classes in like the basic architecture stuff and I liked building the models we had to build a chair out of cardboard that was super fun I had to make a cube with like designs on it and that was fun I don't know how to draw <laughs> you need to know how to draw to be an architect so my drawing class was stressful for me and then also having my professors over my back being like okay like that's a good design like what can you do to change it but I'm like but I like it this way I don't want to change it and mess it up so I eventually realized you know architecture probably not the way for me to go yeah it's always interesting how like some of the ideas we get I know once um I think in fourth grade we had to create something that represented the career that we wanted and I represented I made a courtroom and I had said I wanted to be a judge but then somewhere along the way I forgot all about that and every time I think back to that I'm like yeah I would love to be a judge I'd be so fair I think I'm a very fair person but anyway uh, always just funny to think about like the random thoughts that come to us and like why did I think that but so who do you recall being some of your earliest role models that you imagine yourself being like when you grew up I don't think I had like a career role model. I think I had more like life role models. The values my parents instilled in me and my sister, working hard, always trying to put my best foot forward, trying to provide for my family and being independent. Uh, a lot of my aunts and uncles, they ended up moving out at a younger age than I have been able to. They were in their early 20s. They did it. And that was always like my mindset in high school, I was like, by the time I'm 25, I'm going to have my own apartment, I'm going to be working and all this stuff. And lo and behold, I live in the Bay Area. And it's very, very hard to afford something here. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, times have changed. I remember my parents rent was like 180. You know, so <laughs> now it's probably like 10 times that in that area. So tell us about your educational background. Where'd you go to school? And then where'd you go to college? I went to my local high school, public school. My dad went to that high school. Some of my aunts and uncles went to the high school. So I, I felt like very, and I felt very proud to go there and kind of like continue the tradition or legacy. And I was always told by my family, well, you're going to go to college and you're going to do the same thing. But senior year, I think I found out that the deadline for the state and UC system was like in five days. So I was like, 
oh, I have to do this application. Like no one had gone to college in my family. So I was just a little lost. And one of the teachers did try to help me, but really the quality on the five days to work on an application, not really the best. But I ended up going to community college, the local community colleges here. There are like a districts. So I was able to go to two, just wherever the classes fit my schedule. And at first I was very like, I'm just going to go to class and go home. Like, I don't want to be at this community college, but looking back is just for your general ed and your lower division. It saved us a lot of money, especially since financial aid wasn't something that we qualified for. So we were trying to like, how can we save money? College is expensive. And I don't think we knew how expensive it was until we were like really looking into it and like, oh, okay. So community college, got my stuff done, was able to transfer. And then I did my last two years in Southern California at California State University, Northridge. I loved it. It was so much fun. I was in the dorms my first year, met some cool people. And I purposely made myself go away for college just because I knew if I stayed local, I wasn't going to expose myself to as many activities, as many people. I would have just gone to school, gone to work, come home. When I was in LA, like I was alone. I didn't know anybody. So I was like, okay, I need to go join a club. I need to go meet some people. And then I did join Hermanas Amigas and I found like some of my best friends there. And we got an apartment for our last year. And it was just a, a big growth experience being over there. And then after college, graduated, came back home. And five years later, I went back for my master's. Still working on it, going into my final semester on Monday. Woohoo! Yeah, so it was, it's been a trajectory, but um, I think every way that I was going, I was learning something. And I always had my family like cheering me on and telling me, like, you're going to do fine. You're going to do great. Take a break. You need a break today. Stuff like that. That's good. That's good to have them. And it sounds like going to community college was a blessing financially for you guys. Um, I know that for those listening, if you do qualify for financial aid, you'd be surprised to know the cutoff is like very low. Um, I think my parents combined income when I started college was 32,000. And I think it might have even been lower than that. And they were still like the estimated family contribution was like $2,000. And we were, I was going to a state school. So like my parents, I, I mean, I took out student loans to pay for that, but they definitely could not afford that. I think now they could, they've definitely have still made some strides, still continued to, to grow in their own personal income and lives. But it's kind of interesting to know that the cutoff is like really, really low. And it's really the middle class. That's something I don't normally talk about, but it's really the middle class that kind of suffers and all that kind of thing. Like, you know, their kids have to figure out how to pay for school because their families can't. When you're making, let's say even 40, 50, you're just making ends meet. And it's really not enough to be able to help your child, even though you would like to. So you're in college and you're in college again, but before going to go get your master's and before you went into the field, what was your then career aspirations? My career aspirations was to work on the business side of film and television. So I, as I said, I was told people I wanted to be an architect. I eventually fell into um, 
business. So I started taking like finance accounting and all those classes, decided to major in finance. So I knew I wanted to work in entertainment and films. So I was like, LA, I have to go somewhere to California. And I was like, it's far enough away for me to like live on campus or have to live on campus, but still be able to come home like on a weekend or something. So this is perfect. And I really wanted to work in film and television. And I would tell my friends, they're like, oh yeah, that's like what I want to do. I'm looking at these companies and I was applying to internships and all that, but now I'm in local government. So. (laughs) Well, what a shift. So tell us what happened, right? Going from that mindset to then now you're in completely different. Take us along that ride. Yeah. So it was coming up to graduation and I wasn't able to get an internship with any other companies. So I was like, okay, I'm, I don't have a job here. So I have to go back home. I'm not going to be able to like live with nothing coming in. So I came home. Uh, I went back to work at the restaurant that I would work at in summer and winter breaks whenever I came, came home. And we eventually found out that they were looking for an intern in the economic development department for my city. So I sent over my resume, they invited me for an interview, and I got it. It was a part-time position, and I was learning a lot about the city economic development. I got to interview a couple of local businesses for the newsletter and some of the local restaurants. And I just started meeting people in other departments, and I got to the point where, since I was part-time, and they would just move me around to whatever department needed extra help. So I went from the city manager's office to the city clerk's office to HR, And then eventually I got a full-time position within revenue services. So one of the first points of contact with customers, I got a lot of exposure talking to to people and answering their questions and just being able to respond to them in a way for them to understand what they were looking at on their bill. But that was, I went all the way around. (laughs) I just went from private film industry to the public sector dealing with people's water bills. (laughs) Yeah, that's but I'm sure that has led you to a lot of wonderful opportunities, which I love to hear when careers just unfold in this like, weird way, because most, I don't know, I would just feel like if you're successful, you just know how to just keep going into the different directions that you get pulled. So then once you started into the workforce, how did your view change about how career development happens? I didn't think about career development before I started working. So thankfully, the people that I met working for the city, they were very like encouraging and always telling me to like, don't stop, like keep learning, keep going. So once I became a full-time employee, they would always send out these lists about training and professional development that were being offered. And I would ask my manager, oh, I'm interested in this one. She's like, oh yeah, we'll schedule that so you can take this one. And then at one point, there was a lead academy training, which I didn't think I could take because I wasn't a lead in my department. But my manager came up to me and she's like, I know we don't have leads in our department, but you you do take a lead in some things. So I think this would be a good opportunity for you. So she pushed me to take that training. And it was about four days. Uh, so that was, that was good. So I'm thankful for having my manager's encouraged me to keep improving my skills. Yeah, that's great. It's great when we 
kind of stop ourselves, but someone else is there to help us along the way. I know that before I became a clinical manager where I work right now, I had actually like just shut my eyes off to moving up in leadership because I'd been shut down in a different company for so long that it was just like, I'm just here to work right now. I'm not concerned about that. I was still in the middle of my PhD program six months in. She's like, you know, what are you thinking about? Like when you move up, are you interested in leadership? And I was like, well, kind, you know, I, I didn't want to step on any toes. So I kind of danced around it. And I was like, well, you know, six months in the company, I don't want to be like, yeah, I want to take your job. And so it was funny because she was like, well, you're not getting any younger. So I'm like, <laughs> And she was like, like, she was probably like about my age, we're like similar age. So I'm just thinking like, it was just funny. It was like the kick in the pants. And she's Cuban, actually. So if you've ever interacted with a Cuban, you know what I mean? They know, they say exactly what they mean. And they just they say it in a way that you're just like laughing. You're like, yes, you're right. You can't you can't take anything they say in a wrong way, because they say it so happy and lovingly and mean at the same time. So if you haven't met any Cubans, go find yourself a Cuban to go hang out with. Just beware that it'll be very <laughs> spicy, spicy conversations. But, you know, we have sometimes the universe puts these people in with us because we need that encouragement when we're just not feeling ourselves. You know, we're not feeling that confidence. So tell us about any networking experiences that you had or any advice that you would give anyone on that. I think the best thing for me, at least within the city where I work in, is to participate in like the company events. They would have like barbecues or uh, even like the health fair. They would have like booths, but then they would have lunch for everyone like just walk up to people. Oh, I see you work in this department. I've seen you around or just start a conversation and then they'll start noticing you in while you're at work. And I've been able to build a reputation there. When they see me, they'll, they'll say hi, people from the different departments. And strangely, like other people in other departments are like, Oh, so what are you going to do? Like when you're, when you're done, where do you plan on going? So it's, it's, it's important to get involved and you can, you should get involved, start getting involved in school clubs and all that to get you used to talking to others, to strangers. And then once you move into the professional setting, you won't be so intimidated to like just start a random conversation with someone you've never met before. Yeah, definitely. I wish I had had more practice in that. I definitely am not one to go. Well, maybe now, maybe now that I'm a little older, but definitely not at 20 in my, yeah, I just would kind of be the person that would be like, please, nobody notice me. I'll say hi, I'll talk. I definitely enjoy more of the one-to-one. But you gotta, you just have to just be yourself, you know, say hi, if someone's interested in talking to you, they will. And if they're not, you know, wish them a good day and move it on. Like, don't stay in that bad energy that long. It's nothing to do with you. It's just maybe that person's in a bad mood. Yeah, I had a, when I first started, I was very shy and very scared to like approach people, especially when I was there part time. So then they'd be like, oh, yeah, they have food for, for everybody. I would like go get my plate and then go back to my desk. Yes, it has to be with our culture. You know, we're just, you know, we keep to ourselves. You don't interrupt people. You don't, you know, bring too much attention to yourself. But we kind of have to break out of that in the professional setting. We are professionals. We're not a small child anymore. We're grown women with lots of potential. And so we need to step into that power versus like hiding from it. So 
What do you believe have been some of your most influential experiences so far in your career? It would have to be just the management that I've had and the conversations I've had with them on, I guess, a personal level, because it wasn't necessarily about my job or my task, but they would always ask me, what do you want to do? Where do you see yourself? And I think just always having them support and encourage what I had to say about where I wanted to see myself in how many years later um, and any advice they were able to share with how to like keep going was a great experience for me. I think one of the ones that stood out the most was when I was in the city clerk's department, my manager there like really took the time to like ask me, where do you want to do? Where do you want to see? But she also gave me very good feedback whenever I did something wasn't necessarily wrong, but I could have done better. And I think always having someone that can give you that type of feedback was really helping you on how to improve professionally was a big takeaway for me. Like, I think from that point forward, I saw the way I how I interacted with people differently and really took notice, like, okay, what what do I need to do to be better? It's not just like, I'm not just going to be here and like do whatever like there's a process there's more that you have to do at work than just your tasks right to kind of like step in and embrace that so have there been any unexpected events that have occurred that you have transformed into a success in your career I think COVID (laughs) so I was in LA for my master's and then COVID happened and I had to quit my job in the Bay Area to move to LA for my master's I was there for what a semester and a half and then everything shut down. The place I was working at over there was like an event thing on Sunday. So they couldn't have their events anymore. So I was laid off, I guess. Um, So I came back home and I was still in contact with some colleagues. And one of them let me know, like, hey, reach out to the manager because we kind of need some extra help. See if there's anything that you can do. And I reached out and... Yeah, they they needed some extra help and they were able to uh, hire me again, not at the same capacity as before, but I was able to go back and I'm glad I did because we were going through a big software implementation and we had started it while I was there full time. So I was there for the beginning, like the meetings and all that. And now coming back for like the second half of it and just learning all this new software, learning how to use a new ERP system and a new cashiering system. It's all been stuff that I'm just taking in and I I like to learn. (laughs) I'm such a nerd. I really like to learn. And as I'm learning, I'm also helping my colleagues and they say I pick things up quickly. So once I get it, I am able to like teach and help out the other ones who are still kind of like I know there's something I need to do, but I forgot where to go or to click or some things like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's your special talent to be able to absorb the knowledge and then translate it to where it makes sense to normal people. I completely get that because I mean, I'm like that too. Like I will learn something and then it's like, oh, I want to be able to teach you because I figured it out how to make it better because, you know, some of that stuff is like it tells you to you're like, why would you do it? This is easier. So it sounds like you're also able to make things more efficient too. So think in an efficient manner. Hey, it's just how your brain works. So now tell us about your book and what made you want to write a book. But first I want to know what made you want to write a book? Being laid off from work and COVID. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. Yes, I'm sure COVID has shaken up a lot for people, but I, and you know, I'm not disregarding the loss of lives, but you know, it really has pushed people to really evaluate what they're doing with their lives and, you know, decide like, okay, I can't just wait for the right moment to embrace something. I just got to take that chance. So, all right. So that's what pushed you. And what made you want to write a book about this? So for you guys listening, her book is called Skilled, Why Customer Service is More Than a First Job. And I get, I, I have a quote in the back. I'm not even going to read it. You got to get the book if you want to know what I said about the book. But yes, tell us about your book. Well, first of all, thank you for your quote. <laughs> I was very happy that you were like, yeah, I'll put a quote in there. So originally, okay, so I had been laid off and I was freaking out about like, okay, I'm going to have like this gap on my resume. Like what? And, you know, instead of just kind of like take a moment and just be thankful that you're safe, you're healthy and all that. I was just like, oh my gosh, my resume, my resume. So I was just like looking for programs and things that I could do. And I ended up coming across uh, this uh, Creators Institute, uh, a book writers program. Um, where he had four different tracks and I had applied first to do like a video class thing and I interviewed and I told him that I wanted to do it on like marketing and social media and for small businesses to really help like older people like and my parents don't have social media and if they had a company like they need to learn how to use it so that was what I was thinking and then he told me he's like okay you have a business background I think you would be better off writing a book and that's something that you can like build off of instead of doing like this video class. So I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. I never considered myself a strong writer. I would get so much anxiety over my papers in college. And I was always surprised that I got like a B on my paper, to be honest. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do it this way. And in the back of my mind, I was like, it's probably not going to get published, but at least I'll improve my writing. Like that's what I was thinking on it. Like I just want to improve my writing with this. And I was still thinking about doing like this whole mar social media marketing thing, but I don't have experience in marketing. <laughs> I have experience in customer service. So I was like trying to like brainstorm and I was talking to my editor. I told her, I was like, I don't like this feels inauthentic to me. So I was like, okay, so then what would you like to write about? And I just took like a week to really think about it. And then it like just came to me one day, like, I don't know if I dreamt it or woke up and I just like had this gut feeling like I had to talk about customer service. And like the skills that you gain from it and why it's valuable. Cause I always saw it like when I was working at a restaurant, like I'm just here, like it's temporary. This isn't going to matter. It just shouldn't be important on my, on my resume or anything. But looking back, it got me out of my comfort zone. I was such an introvert in high school. I didn't like talking to people. Like I was very shy, very soft-spoken, but it forced me to like speak up because in the restaurant there's noise and the person's right here but if you they can't hear you they're going to be like what I want this did you get my order right and all that so I ended up really liking this idea and I started doing some research and I found that anything out there on like customer service is always like why does it benefit the company why should you have customer service but I really wanted to focus on why should I work in customer service? Like, why should my first job be or working at your call center? Like, I want to be over here in like the finance department working with numbers. But there's a lot of good skills and qualities to have that you learn as a customer service rep, as a server, anything in service retail that you take with you as you get into leadership roles. 
Yeah, what sounds like it was divine inspiration. That's what that sounds like, you know, your intuition. We'll have another side conversation about that later because there's different types of intuition and one of them is just knowing, right? Like, I don't know where this idea came from and it has a special name to it. I can't remember what it's called, but maybe I'll put it in the show notes because people will be like, what is she talking about? But I love this idea because I know myself and probably everybody else that I know worked a customer service job and I enjoyed a customer service job. I didn't do restaurants because I knew I didn't really want that kind of pressure. And I didn't work at a fast food restaurant either. I did work at a grocery store and I was a bagger. And I just enjoyed talking to people and interacting with them. And the funny part is I don't, I'm like thinking about it, like, did I really do that much talking or did I just enjoy being around people? It might've just enjoyed being around people and seeing like the different things. Who knows? It's been a long time, but I, I think at the time I really didn't think anything about the job, but it probably did help me in a lot of different ways that I hadn't thought about until, you know, reading one of your chapters and I'd be like, oh yeah, you know, and it should be something we're building on because these are the kind of jobs that people like us start off in. You know, it's not an internship at some attorney office that somebody helped me get because, you know, somebody knew somebody. And that does happen, you know, the more affluent you become, you have interactions with other people. You know, I'm not going to say that that's not something I want for my kids, because if I can help my child get an internship at an office, I'm going to do that. But as a Latino first generation, our parents worked, they they did help us get jobs. They, they helped us get jobs at a restaurant. They helped us get a job doing the lawn, cutting trees. Like, I mean, I did do that for my dad too. Not that part, but you know, knocking on doors. Hey, would you like tree service? I was so scared to do that though, door to door. I still don't even know how my dad, cause he still does it. He does tree trimming and he does his own business. But I'm just like, to go to a door, like it is not in me maybe because I don't know. Anyway, that's a whole other topic, but you know, they do help us in their own way. It's not the same way that a more affluent person is going to be, but there's still skills that we're learning. Yeah, for sure. So anything else you want to share about your book or the experience in writing the book? It was stressful, but I, I saw, I literally saw my writing improve with every story, every chapter, every draft. And I told my editor, I was like, your feedback is very helpful. Like I know one of my things, one of my professors said in college was that I'm very straight to the point. Like there wasn't this extra stuff. So it was easy to read. And my editor gave me feedback that I need to embellish. I need to add detail and all this. And I was like, this is so not natural for me but she always made a note of like you know describe this scene more add some detail about this person more so I would take her feedback and I wouldn't go rewrite what she read but implement it on the next chapter I was going to submit to her and she commented she's like I think you're one of the few authors I've ever worked with that actually improves and like takes my feedback and uses it on the next one. So like towards the end, she's like, you really only have to go back to your first few ones and like really rewrite those. The other ones, like you just have to like adjust or add some little detail here and there. So that's what I was thankful for the most out of it was just really seeing my improvement and feeling more confident in my writing. I didn't think my book was gonna get picked up for publishing. 
I wasn't even sure if I was going to submit it, but she's like, yeah, it's ready. Like, go ahead and submit it. I have an outline for your other chapters. So I, I sent it and I was like, oh, I'm not going to hear back. And I got an email saying that I got accepted to the publishing part. Um, so I was very shocked and I get excited, like, oh, this is really going to happen. Like, I really wasn't expecting it to. And I don't know if that's just something maybe in my family or in our culture that we don't expect, like, these big things to happen. They happen to other people, but they don't happen to me kind of thing. Um, but it's just, like, the biggest thing was, like, yes, I can do this. Like, who said I couldn't other than myself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's really us that keep, holds us back. And so that's amazing. I wouldn't have never realized that you were like, oh, I don't think it's going to get picked up. So that's amazing to hear that part on um, to be part of just even the cover when you sent like the different cover images and you picked the one not that you were just asking me, but you did get the one that <laughs> the one I thought was like better, like just the half bodies versus the whole bodies. Um, so that's amazing. Thank you for sharing all of that. So one of my last questions I always like to ask is what career advice you would give to everyone listening? I would say really think about the people you want to work for, not just like what you want to do, because you can go work for a company. And if the environment isn't great, if it's not encouraging, if it's not like if they're not willing to help you grow in your career and like just develop and all that, it's, is it really worth spending all this time and years there? I think it's very important to find places where you're going to meet people that are encouraging. It's a good environment to work in. And especially when you're young and you kind of get stuck and have those like unmotivating moments, like having those people around you to keep encouraging you and like pretty much telling you what the potential that they see in you is very important. It's, it helps you to keep going and want to do more. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I truly believe that too. You know, if you're in an environment that supports you, you're, you know, you're only going to grow versus one that's toxic with a lot of gossip. And so really, um, I recently saw something that was talking about when you go for an interview, you know, don't go in as a pick me, but also, you know, be sure that you're interviewing them back. You know, what are they offering you? And not just like, oh, I want this job because it's going to give me this, this and this when in reality, you don't look at all the red flags that are happening right in front of you. So how can everyone connect with you? mostly on instagram uh so you can follow me at alma.angel.aa a lot of the stuff on there is about my book i was taking two summer courses so i wasn't as active this summer but that's pretty much what i what i use to like put any announcements out and i have a twitter but i don't use that very often <laughs> uh, it's at 421 underscore alma i think this is how often i don't use it <laughs> but i'll send you the right one <laughs> <laughs> yes yes and i'll link everything in the show notes is there any upcoming projects or anything that you're working on that you'd like to share with us i mean i'm going into my final semester so i'm kind of limiting myself but i do have like these plans for my future i do hope to start my own small business and grow it to the point where i am able to 
the people that I hire, I want it to be either high school, college students that want to learn and gain some experience just to kind of be, I was lucky enough to have these managers in my life and I want to be that for the next generation coming behind me. That sounds amazing. And I completely understand about limiting what you're doing, especially when you're busy. I know this fall is a very busy fall for myself. I have a few personal development projects that I'm part of and then kids, kids alone. plus running my business, plus working full time, you know, just all of that. I know that I, I don't want to say I don't know how I do it. It's very coordinated and a lot of downtime. Everybody listen to that a lot of downtime. I do sit down and watch TV and relax. And if something doesn't get done, it doesn't get done. It's not urgent. I focused on what I can do daily. I don't focus on something that's, you know, three months, you know, my month is planned a month ahead. And I'm not talking about the day to day. I'm just talking about like the big stuff. Because <laughs> day to day, I did not have a daily schedule. There are things that I like to do every day, whether it's working out, meditating, some yoga, all of that good stuff, plus, you know, keeping everybody alive. But the order of how it happens, I'm not really concerned. So that's one of the best things that about myself that if we wake up a little bit earlier, a little bit late or have lunch late or go to sleep later, I'm okay with that. And that's my saving grace. You know, figure out what works for you, though, because I know for some people, they're probably like, that's just crazy talk. <laughs> I mean, I'm learning to kind of let go a little bit about that. Um, I was always very like, I have these assignments due. I have to like spend all this time researching and writing and I would burn myself out and I would still try to keep going. And I felt like in those moments, it was like not as good. And I learned that more because I was writing my book while in grad school, like I still had classes and all that too. And I was balancing and prioritizing and I realized like, okay, I can't focus on this right now. I have to step away. I have to go do something that is not my book that is not school whether it was working out going out for a walk watching tv or something but I've learned that's very important because when I was burning I was like I know this is as good work as I normally do yeah yeah and that's what happens if we keep trying to pour and pour you know eventually there's nothing else and that it's going to reflect in everything that we do so definitely start pouring back into yourself before you run out but if you've run out it's okay it's not the end and that's the amazing part about us we can recharge we're not like a battery that's dead and that's it fortunately for us well thank you so much for being on here with us and even though you didn't say this i look forward to your next book because i believe there's another one in there (laughs) i hope so i have some ideas but i just have to like really like sit down and do the research but i hope so (laughs) thank you thank you for having me Thank you for listening to the Manifest Your Career podcast with me, your host, Dr. Norma Reyes, a Latina career and life coach.